0: Lady Gaga, you know I am one of your little monsters, not to be confused with the green monster, of course. I would like to thank you all for coming to my inauguration as president of the Atlantic 10 Coaches Association. I know we have had a hard four years under Travis Ford's leadership. He lowered the A10 standing among the rest of the NCAA. But we will recover. We must end this uncivil war between football schools and non football schools and whatever UMass is, between Catholic and public schools, between Northern and Southern schools, schools where it snows and Davidson. Teams named Rams, and those not named Rams. No! Who the fuck is that? You don't want to go to war with the Rams because you already lost to the Rams. Oh, God, it's Tori. Yeah, yeah, you lost to Rhode Island, and, and you also lost to VCU. Are you nuts? We beat you by 16. By the way, speaking of Rams, we beat Fordham by 14, and so maybe... You guys are the worst Rams. No, no, no. I have documented proof that Old Dominion gave you fraudulent points in the second half. Old Dominion? Ugh, didn't we already do this voting shit with the Apollo Wagon last week? See? See? Right here. VCU leads... 40 to 25, then all of a sudden, these mysterious alley-oops and three-pointers come in from the boners in the middle of the night. Seems pretty fishy, huh? The game was at 6 p.m. Eastern time, but that's also 1 a.m. in Ukraine. I've obtained this invoice from Clay Travis of you paying Burisma to rig the game. That's a receipt from (laughs) Donkeys. Alright, that's it, Tory. Stick to sports. SB Unfurled and Friends, episode 20. Hey, BCU, next time, don't forget about mail-in voting. Ah, I mean the second half. Tori Welcome, 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 everyone, to SB Unfurled and Friends and yes. episode 20. I'm so glad we waited. To put that up hot and...
1: Hold on, hold on. I have to read some some first-half reactions before we get into this, just to set <laughs> We all remember the doom and gloom of the first 20 minutes and how the world, the sky was falling, the world was ending for us. These are <laughs> your halftime tweets. Brought to you by... This is brought to you by... <laughs> Poppy's VHS Store. All right, Poppy's an old classic. <laughs> this game cost me the following one a new tv remote two a new tv three my security deposit to fix the hole in my wall everything about this game is a disaster i feel like vcu is just one of those teams that we don't beat like davidson in both cases, the flaws are obvious, and the coaching
0: is a big contributor. Oh, the coaching, yeah, those halftime adjustments. We can't make those halftime adjustments, huh?
1: <laughs> Look real, real, real bad. Yeah, love my bonnies, but they had zero chance in this game. Hopefully they can hold it under 25. I think they did that. <laughs> I obviously know VCU makes it uncomfortable for teams and has for years, but this is a mess. Can someone send out a search party for Lofton? I bet he was kidnapped by the Yeti. (laughs) Figure your shit out. Some have Bonas minus (laughs) 2.5. I did. That wasn't my tweet, though. (laughs) Roberts would have been nice to have in this game. Getting killed on the boards. Welch kept us in this game early, but the rush pace we're being forced to play at has the offense playing terrible. I don't know what you do to fix it, but I'd like to see us take more two-point jumpers. They have worked well for us this thus far. I This is mine, actually. I don't think
0: there's anything you can do to fix it, I said. Shout-out to Jai, by the way. He got Bonoblog back from the dead and basically did the Sit stocker game from 2018 with Sit <laughs> Welch.
1: <laughs> it's just an absurdly horrible matchup for us every year. Here's a good one. The helplessness of a Solomon team effort, and Don oh. Welch is a mod smith. Solomon staff included everyone save Dom should be embarrassed worst effort and preparedness we've seen in a long time eh, I <laughs> actually agree with that I mean you got to remember how we looked in the first half I thought it couldn't be worse than last year Roberts and Winston would have been very helpful having developed a bench at any point over the last few seasons would have been helpful Schmidt I didn't need the bench the, Schmidt gets the most out of his top six every year but we're always living on the edge and a team like this is just a terrible matchup You gotta live on the edge baby also agreed with that <laughs> at halftime on top of VC oh this is mine on top of VCU being really good They're once again just a nightmare matchup for us. They're nonstop press, 10-man depth, and energy is too much for a team with no real depth and one true ball handler.
0: Oh, yeah, they had way too much energy for us, clearly, in the second half.
1: (laughs) We also haven't shot well enough to play this far from behind. We weren't going to be able to shoot ourselves back into that game. Welch had us treading water for a bit, but the levy eventually breaks when guys have to play 38 to 40 minutes against this defense. The levy broke, and it was... Dom Welch, Jaron English, Kyle Lofton, Oshun Oshunie, Jalen Adaway, flushing it down, cut my wrists, black my
0: eyes. Ah! (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) I have some positive tweets if you want to Wait, wait, wait. You got to get to my negative tweet. I said, oh, well. Let's smack the shit out of Duquesne on Saturday. That was my tweet at halftime. <laughs> Duquesne also had a ridiculous comeback <laughs> no. like that. I did the handshake emoji for Dukes and Bonnies in a second half surge against Rams. Oh my god. They played Roadie. I mean I, in,
1: seriously, all of these at halftime were justified. We're not like making fun of and saying these are not saying these are ridiculous, because at the time everyone was thinking
0: this, right? I don't know what the hell happened at halftime. It's one thing to doubt the Bonnies from coming back just in general because we're always, like, the sky is falling. Yeah. But we had lost the last two games to VCU by, like, what, a combined 62 or yeah. something absurd. Oh, they kicked It was 30 in 2019. Yeah. Maybe it was only 26 or something. Yeah. Not much better uh, down there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we
1: we came out of the half on, like, a little 8-3 to three run, and I was like, there's still so long to go. VCU is 10 deep. Like I said – in that tweet I read earlier, they're just rotate a revolving door of freak athletes, great defenders. I'm like, we're playing five guys. The second half is going to be worse than the first half. Cause our guys aren't going to have any legs under them. We're not shooting the ball. Well, and, and it looked like there was just no answer. So it it was the most shocking
0: turnaround I think I've ever seen. Didn't Schmidt say, um, according to Chuckie Maggio, that that was the best single half that he's ever seen us play in his what, 14 years here?
1: I, I disagree because I we watched that Richmond game from the 18 tournament uh, when I live streamed that, and it was as perfect as you can get. Matt Mobley hit like seven straight threes. At one point in that second half, we were 16 for
0: 16 from the field, I think. I'll argue that that VCU team that we just beat is better than that Richmond team that we beat a few years ago. And that was mostly Mobley, whereas opposed to everybody was doing everything. Attaway and Oshun were just dunking left and right. Welch and Holmes from three. And of course, loft and driving. And even, even on defense, we only allowed 14 points in the second half. By the way, we got so excited off the rip. We didn't tell everybody we're recording this at around nine 30 on Wednesday night. So we are coming pretty fresh off of this huge win. I know my voice is getting hoarse. The, the
1: screaming in agony in the first half and then the screams of joy in the second half. I mean, my voice was already shot from the combination of the, the, the bills game and everything else. So, and, and then the Bona game and, I'm just starting to sound like Artie Lang, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, no, I mean, that that Richmond game that I was talking about, we didn't put together a full 20 minutes. Like after I thought about it, I was like, we let them back into the game and it was actually like a two point game. They might have even tied it. So it, it may have been the best like eight to 10 minutes. But today, now that I think about it, it might have been the best full 20 minutes. And. It's one thing if you play that way, like, out of the gate, but it's another thing when it's juxtaposed with that first half. That makes it all the more shocking.
0: Yeah, I had some VCU fans on Twitter actually reminding me, like, hey, we're a pretty young team. Don't th- don't count yourselves out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I, I know how this one goes. Goes. By the way, shout yeah. out to Tory getting ratioed uh, back to parlor. But <laughs> I think the best part of that performance was – just how much we were willing to create in transition because sometimes we really haven't seen that. Definitely didn't see that against like Fordham or Duquesne. Yeah. So we haven't had a podcast since we talked about them. Yeah. That was incredible to get out and run and not even just the alley-oops kicking out to Holmes for three. It was just like, I can't even think of too many plays beyond the alley-oops that stand out to me just because it was so quick. Yeah. I felt like I was watching us in
1: double time. I know. And you can only imagine how the VCU team felt like coming out of the half. I think they just kind of put their guard down. And then by the, I mean, by the under 16, it was, we cut it to five and then we took a lead and never looked back. I mean, a big part of it was being able to lock down the boards defensively in the first half. We looked horrible on the, on the defensive glass. They got, I think 11 to 13 offensive rebounds and we just weren't, weren't rebounding we were able to do that off their misses in the second half that allowed us to get out in transition
0: at one point in the first we had four offense or four defensive rebounds and vcu had eight offensive rebounds that's insane right they were absolutely slaughtering us on the boards yep and we were all thinking the same thing the announcers were thinking which usually we kind of disagree with the announcers but we had no energy in the first half and I want to keep saying that this could be an issue where we come out slow in the first half especially in some of these games like when we were you know trailing with St Joe's and Fordham and maybe not even playing the best against Duquesne and obviously VCU the first half was terrible. Yeah I'm not saying we should keep playing 20 minute games, but I I don't know how you can't consider us to be in the top 25 if we put together some 40 minute games at some point especially against like St. Louis and we've
1: been waiting for the three point shots to fall. And it's at this point, it's just, it was kind of like, I mean, maybe we're just a bad team and they're not going to fall. We ended up being six of 14 from three respectable 43%. I mean, we shot about the, we shot better from three actually than we did from the field. Um, But yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree with you completely. The thing that's going to be tough for us with this lack of depth is when we have to play back to backs. If the A 10, changes the schedule and it looks like they absolutely could. They've already done it to other teams. If we have to play a team back to back, we have nine guys, you know, alpha is our ninth guy. Um, Shaw played like, he got in for like a minute, I think, but you know, Creel and Vasquez only played a combined 12 minutes. This is a new Ironman five that we have, and it's not probably going to be very good for back to backs or in the A 10 tournament. But I mean, Schmidt just has his best guys out on the floor, and you saw what it can do today.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to think if they played the old Iron Man five in our Bonica Cup, but I don't think they did. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm looking at the stats here. Um, I don't remember exactly what our our points off of turnovers was in the first half, but I'm pretty sure it was like two or four because we ended with 26 points off of 19 turnovers. For VCU. wow, and that just speaks to how aggressive we were in the passing lanes, especially because I don't. I don't think it was like too much of like people getting their hands in to steal the ball as much as it was getting in the passing lane, breaking out it away from kicking it into uh, Levi Stalker the third. Yeah. By the way, maybe, maybe you maybe picked the wrong A10 team there. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe no, it's all right. Ocean would be starting ahead of you. <laughs> but, hey, we could but, use him. we could use a big body at the four. Yeah, we could use them at the four. That's for sure. But Attaway was able to cut along the baseline to get open because at the beginning of the game, he was getting swatted left and right yeah. because he was kind of curling into the lane and mm-hmm. doing these leaning hook type layup, ugly things that got swatted because he's going up against smaller or bigger guys. So he's got to do almost like what I remember Obi Toppin doing for Dayton last year and just hogging that baseline and getting those cutting passes in to either do an easy slam or, to just get it underneath and maybe swing it over to Oshun.
1: Yeah, in the first half, and it wasn't just Addaway, It was, I mean, a lot of our guys, it looked like we were just not being aggressive when we got into the lane. Um, throwing up floaters, we were kind of like falling away from the basket. It looked like we were kind of intimidated in the lane in the first half. Oshun wasn't doing much offensively. I don't think he scored in the first half. And then the second half, um, I mean, I, I don't know if it was more the play calling or just someone... Uh, someone lit a fire under their ass at halftime or what, but we, Maki
0: Schmidt did it.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, if there was any 15 minutes of this season that I could see behind the scenes, it would be that halftime for sure.
0: And I'm looking at the scoring. It's more, it's relatively even between the five starters. Dom was the high scorer with 19 Holmes with 18 Lofton 12. And then Oshun and Attaway with nine each. Yeah. That's Big to k- keep having those guys out there for so long and still be consistent 10 points a game or more scorers. Right. Because even though we are lacking that depth, maybe between the weird schedules and we may not even play 18 games at this point, because I don't know how St. Louis is going to cram all their games in and that's going to only have a domino effect. Yeah. Nine between nine the weird schedule and everything, maybe this is the year for an Iron Five with, you know, help from. You know Vasquez if he can have some hot games, or, or if Creel turns it on, or if you know if we get into foul trouble with, with uh, Oshun and having Shaw coming back,
1: yeah, no, I, I agree with that as well. Um, another thing I would add is we, you know, Bones Highland is, is their best player, and I thought we did a really good job on him. I he was good from three, he was four for seven. Other than that, he was only one of seven from the field. We forced him into five turnovers, only two assists. So he was their leading scorer, but I thought we did a good job with him. I don't know if you saw I, – I kind of I – didn't, I didn't see it very closely if you saw what happened between him and Lofton, if they were just chirping or what, but another one of the VCU players kind of – reached out and and gave Lofton like a forearm or something. I mean, Lofton, he does need to be careful. He gets a lot of technicals, but he has a way of irritating the other team and getting under their skin. He was doing it. I don't know if you saw uh, what actually happened there between him and Highland.
0: No, I didn't see what happened between him and Bones because I think it was kind of off screen. I did see what I kind of almost thought was a punch thrown by yeah. one of the VCU guys. I, I was surprised he didn't get tossed from the game, especially at the end, uh, Jameer Watkins. Yeah. I was kind of surprised because it was funny. I heard some player, I don't know if it was Watkins or somebody else on VCU, but I heard somebody on VCU say, don't foul as Lofton's starting to drive into the lane. And so they gave him an easy layup, uh-huh. easy layup that Lofton makes all the time and one of those driving yeah. into the whole situations. And then immediately when they turn back on on defense, Watkins goes to try to, kind of shove or punch or whatever Lofton. And that's where he got the T I do agree that Lofton has to be a little bit careful because between Fordham, when he had to actually go into the locker room for a couple seconds and this game, he's got to be, he does have to be careful just because of the different time and situations of the game. I do think it's probably because he and all the other great point guards, whether it's bones or fats or Gilliard, or you can go down the list in A-10. A lot of great point guards. I think there's a lot of gamesmanship and chirping back and forth. Yeah, and Crutcher. Yep, Crutcher, I'm sure, too. That I'm sure that kind of individual showdown it probably plays into their heads because Lofton does have a chip on his shoulder. I'm sure he's ticked off that he didn't get first team all preseason.
1: Yeah, I think so. I I do. Um, But, yeah, especially because we don't have a backup point guard on the roster. Again, we don't have a backup point guard. He he needs to not only, you know, keep his head somewhat in the game as far as not getting too chirpy or getting close to getting kicked out. That would be a disaster. But also not getting into foul trouble. Uh, He hasn't really been in foul trouble other than maybe the Richmond game. He's done a pretty good job. I remember last year he did get into some. But, you know, he's still – one of the be- one of the most used point guards in the entire country and he has been since, since his freshman year. He knows what he's doing out there. He knows, you know, and, and you wonder how much different it would be if there was a crowd there. I don't know if the refs can hear more of the players what they're saying or if, you know, the crowd would have maybe got the players more into it. Um I, I don't I don't I don't know how It'd be interesting to ask the players now after they've done this how having just no crowd in the Riley Center for a game like that is because it's so weird being able to hear the coaches on the broadcast yelling. Normally the Riley Center
0: is just packed and you can't hear anything. Yeah, we'd have to find somebody with the stats on that because I feel like coaches haven't been getting any more technicals than they usually do. And with no crowd, they're usually right in the ref's ears. Like the players usually are kind of, running towards each other or running away from the refs or kind of mumbling under their breaths. But the coaches usually do not feel shy about letting the refs know what they say. So I don't think we've seen more coaches getting teased. I can't remember the last time Schmidt's even gotten a tee to begin with, but I think Lofton still is really leading this team. Well, even with some of those mishaps, because I'm not going to get too mad at him as long as it's not in a terrible situation. Yeah. But between the situations when we are really not comfortable on offense and when we're really having trouble getting back on defense, I think he is able to get these guys in line a bit, even though they're all basically the same age. I think he's kind of looked at as a leader.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, he is for sure. I mean, that's, and I think he learned a lot of that from Stockard his freshman year, to be honest. I mean, he came in, he did come in a, a, very good leader for a freshman, but I do think Stockard and Griffin really let those freshmen, you know, Welch, Ocean, and Lofton grow from freshman to sophomore year more than most freshmen are able to, just because those guys were such great leaders and, and great seniors to have on the team. But hey, the I was just looking at the box score. Our five starters played 188 out of 200 minutes. That's
2: 94,
1: oh 94%. So going into this year, we said this is, it looks like the deepest team, maybe even deeper than 2012. Like back in October, I remember when Anthony Roberts had his waiver, I guess I would say, um, saying that this was maybe the deepest team that I can remember Schmidt having three, four months later. We are like third or fourth to last in the country in bench minutes, and we have five guys playing 94% of our minutes. I mean, it's it's, it's just so surprising, like, like what we thought this makeup uh, of our roster would be going into the season and what it is now.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not something we can speculate on, but we don't really know what's going on with Anthony Roberts because he hasn't played in the last three games. He's not really at school, and we know his uncle died recently, but we don't really want to get into that. But Mm -hmm. with the rest of the squad, there have been a lot of departures, but it has forced Attaway and Holmes to really step up because Welch, Oshun, and Lofton have always been the three pillars of the team. Holmes has kind of stepped up and been the number one scorer, even though Welch actually had a better shooting night with five of six from deep as opposed to Holmes only one of six from deep. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the flip side happened in the last game or the last few games, really, so... That's the good thing about having five really good guys. I don't think we can ever count on Attaway to be the lead scorer unless he does get that three-point shot back that he did have it at Miami, Ohio. But any of the other four guys, I think we could lean on in any particular game to be the top scorer to go up against Bones Highland or Crutcher mm-hmm. or Jordan Goodwin or whoever in the conference, anybody from Richmond. I think the four guys, depending on the matchup, definitely yeah. Lofton. often... Uh, Welch and Holmes can be that main scorer.
1: Yeah. And you don't know going in, it's just about finding the hot hand. Um, You know, Welch has been streaky. He was streaky last year. He hasn't been shooting great, but then today he shows up and he's the difference in the game. He's the reason we win that game. If he's not five of six from three, obviously we're, we're not even close to, to probably winning that game. It would have been like a 30 point game in the first half. Um, and maybe insurmountable. And then other games, Holmes steps up. Home, Holmes had a slow start in those first two or three games, but then completely turned it around. Since then, he's been our best scorer, like you said. Um, Lofton last game against Duquesne you know, he had been streaky too. There, there were games where he only scored, I think like two points in one of the games, although he had a lot of assists, but then all of a sudden he shows up and he scores like 32. Um, Ocean had 25 in one game and then another game he'll have four or five or six points. So it's just about finding the matchup, finding the hot hand. We thought it would be tough for Schmidt to figure out the rotation with how deep we were, especially at the two and the three. Um, But he doesn't really have to do that now. He pretty much has no choice. And these five guys going forward are just going to be playing 90% of our minutes.
0: That's true. That's something we're going to have to figure out when it comes to A-10s. And speaking of the A-10 tournament, in case you hadn't heard last week, the A-10 made it official that the tournament is not going to be at the Barclays Center this year. Not a big surprise. They're not going to pay to rent out an arena for basically nobody. At this rate, we're probably not going to have fans, but who, who totally knows. Anyways, it's going to be hosted yeah. on campus. And so we were actually asked, by the Greater Olean Chamber of Commerce to put out a video to convince the A-10 to have A-10s at Bonaventure. If you remember a few years ago, a lot of cities across the country were pitching Amazon to have their second headquarters in their city. Well, we're basically trying to do that here with this. So go ahead, let's take a listen. Hello, I'm Lil Bonna X, unofficial ambassador for the Greater Olean Chamber of Commerce. Lil Bonna X does not represent the Greater Olean Area Chamber of Commerce. In these unprecedented times, I'm being paid in pizza logs to tell you why you, yes, you Atlantic 10 Conference, should choose St. Bonaventure to host the 2021 Atlantic 10 Men's Basketball Tournament. In these unprecedented times, Cattaraugus County has the least amount of COVID-19 cases out of any A10 school's location. The number one concern should be the health of student athletes, especially because the NCAA refused to push March Madness back to May, further increasing the risk that these athletes contract a virus with potentially lifelong damage to their bodies and they're not even being paid. But college sports leaders would never risk athlete safety, right? Still not convinced? In these unprecedented times, there's nothing like enjoying the great outdoors of the Enchanted Mountains and taking a nice hike up to Merton's Heart to enjoy the view. I'm starving. Hey, Townie, I've never met before. What are the best places to get some food in Olean during these unprecedented times?
2: Yeah, I know that that VCU Pav. If he if he would come here, you know he eat at Applebee's and then a lot of those VCU fans would probably go to Applebee's but you, you know if you're bringing the A-10s here you gotta realize that they're we, we the one thing we do have is a, a, a lot of a lot of great restaurants you go to Beef and Barrel you, you get the Beef on Wick you go to Randy's you get the Wings you go to Third Base you get the Wings you go to Angie you get, you get, get the uh, great pasta great pizza so I'll if the A10 were to come here, lot lot of great places. You'll know, Bernadette McGlade come come come. Go to Angie's. Go to go to the Beef and Barrel. Boy, that sure
0: all. sounds delicious. Some fan bases say we don't even have electricity, but Allegheny and Olea not only have that, but several hotels for you in these unprecedented times. We're also convenient for air travelers. Just take a tin can with a propeller on it from Pittsburgh to Bradford, and drive forty minutes north can't get any better in these unprecedented times
2: you know in in brooklyn they they probably have a lot of subways per capita maybe one every block but oen leads le- leads the entire country in subway per capita we used to have four the one in the mall when I when, went out of business we have a subway on north union street we have uh, one subway on west state street and we, we have another subway in the in in walmart
0: All right, wrong kind of subway. Olean was once known as Little Chicago because it was a stopping point for Al Capone and his bootleggers during Prohibition. So in these unprecedented times, we're basically the biggest city in the Midwest. Suck it, St. Louis. So Atlantic 10 Conference, sit in the Riley Center, have yourself a Zweigels hot dog in the Reds, and bring the 2021 men's basketball tournament here during these...
2: Hey, Atlantic 10, come bring bring your uh, bring your tournament to Olean. You come, you see all of our different squirrel statues.
0: Uh, yeah, what he said. St. Bonaventure for the Atlantic 10 tournament. Thanks to climate change, it'll be beachfront like Atlantic City before you know it. So there you go, Atlantic 10 Conference. We hope you accept our pitch to have the A10 tournament in Olean at the Riley Center because apparently some people get really, really upset about the whole Olean thing still. Come on, get over yourselves. Olean, it's easier to say than St. Bonaventure and all the zip codes.
1: I think that I've listened to a lot of the old Amazon pitches. I think that was better, way better than any of the Amazon pitches I have ever heard. Also, We could get three games going at once. As you know from the Cup. we could play in the Armory, we could play in Butler, and we could play in the RC. And maybe even the Richter Center, you know, put the pillow fighters in there.
0: Yeah, that's true. And like I said, when the announcement dropped, we were the number one seed when you decided to change the tournament. still. So I think it's only fair that you give it to the current number one seed at the time, and actually the number one seed now that we beat VCU, although we, we were ahead of UMass anyways. But still, still number one, so come bring it to number one. And speaking of the number one Bonnies in the conference, we will be playing Duquesne now instead of the preseason number two, actually Richmond was preseason number one, but preseason number two, St. Louis, they are finally coming off of their pause <laughs> on Friday. And I know Travi Ford is a little shady, but I kind of agree that maybe they probably don't need to be playing 24 hours after coming off of their pause. So they're actually going to play their first game on Tuesday in the Arch Baron Cup against Dayton. So we now have two games to make up with St. Louis. We have no idea when those are going to be. We can't see the future like that. But what the A-10 did is something really good. They took Duquesne, who was going to have a bye this upcoming Saturday, and they moved our game at Duquesne, Or at La Roche University, whatever, you know, Mm. whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Our road game in the Pittsburgh vicinity is now moved up from March 3rd to January 23rd. So, Duquesne, we didn't get a chance to talk about the Duquesne game. We really don't want to anymore after the crazy VCU second half. But what do you want to see different out of us down at La Roche that we didn't show in the Riley Center for the Friel Cup on ESPN2? I think we did a good job again,
1: although Weathers was probably their leading scorer. I think we we just have done a really good job on him. Um, Welch and mostly Attaway have helped out with him, and Ocean does such a good job rotating and and playing defense if he does beat his man to the rim. Um, Hughes and Weathers, as Schmidt said, are just loads, and we we have to um, stay out of foul trouble. Of course, we say this so much, but it's so much... More important, even now with our lack of depth, like if Ocean goes out with two early fouls, um, Hughes is just gonna eat us up inside. I feel like, and and they can provide some mismatches, um, some bad matchups for us. I didn't see a second of that game today, obviously, because it was at the same time as us. But they did come back and beat Rhode Island. So you know, we lost to Rhode Island. They beat them. They're a capable team. I don't think they're as bad as like their metrics rank them. Um, I think they. I Maceo Austin is back as well, so he'll be a tough matchup for like a Welch. Um, But to get into like the scheduling real quick as well, we were talking before, like when it was looking like we might not play St. Louis. I think we were talking and saying, man, if we can't play St. Louis, Duquesne doesn't have a game that day. They need to move that up. Can you imagine if we just beat VCU and then we had to take 10 days off before we played Davidson after all this momentum we had? All of a sudden, we're available with all the games we miss we're available and we have 10 days off now. So that would be terrible. Yeah. Great job by the A-10 to do exactly what we told them to and listen to us. Now they have to listen to us about bringing the A-10 to Olean, but it's huge to get that game against Duquesne. I would love to even get another game in on Wednesday, if possible, before we play Davidson. We'll see if that happens. Probably not.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think we can, unless there's some other weird pause stuff that happens in between now and then, but that's because Davidson is the only other team that's also on a buy that Tuesday Wednesday slate so they could I guess move up our game to yeah. that Wednesday and then play another game yeah. on Saturday. You I don't know. Enough. We got to get creative with these kind of things because the goal is to get in for us anyways probably as many games as possible beforehand with without trying to cram in back to backs yeah because we have those two games against St Louis We have one game against GW who knows what's gonna happen to them because they're on pause now. I know we don't play them for another month, so hopefully they come back before then. Two games against them, right? Yeah, so we have two games. One that's actually scheduled. So we have three games that we kind of don't really know what to do with because of Richmond as well. So we need to get all those in. But getting back to the actual game on Mm -hmm. Saturday and comparing it to the Freel Cup on Friday ten. Looking at the stats here, just to kind of refresh the memory a little bit, Michael Hughes absolutely had a very good game for them. And I think that was when I was starting to really feel shaky about Oshun in the first half, when Hughes was really starting to attack him. He went 7-10, 14 points. Only three boards, surprisingly, but Marcus Weathers did have nine rebounds. So it's going to come down to those two again, I think, because Tavian Dunmartin, martin 2 2-for-10, inefficient always. I think even though... He hit two of his shots were threes, only six points. I will take that. I will let him shoot 10 threes a night, any day. Yeah. And if he beats us on that, then I think that's kind of on us. But Weathers and Hughes are going to be the two definitely to to key up on.
1: And looking at their game today against Rhode Island, they beat them 71-69. Chad Baker, nice. actually, actually their best player. He had uh, 19 points. He was 5 of 5 from 3. Wow. Uh, so he was their best player, and, you know, Weathers 12, Hughes 15, Tavian Dunmartin, martin 9, um, the usual suspects, but Chad Baker, another threat that they have, um, doesn't look like Maceo Austin played today, so I'm not sure about him, but, you know, it's always troublesome when you have a guy like Tavian Dun martin who could go off at any moment. We split with them last year, and they're, you know, they're a formidable opponent. They I think on any given night, they can probably beat 11, 12 of the teams in the conference.
0: I think so too. I think they're tougher than we expect. They're definitely not a pillow fighter, No, but they, they are a step below us, especially without yeah. carry. And I think if we, we don't have to play as well as we did in the second half against VCU, but if we play a little bit more of a consistent game than we did on ESPN2 back at the Riley center, I think we'll be fine and we'll hold on in this one.
1: Speaking of VCU, a tweet I got with just a few minutes left in the game. This is moderately better. Oh, moderately. Yeah, moderately. Yeah, better. I would say moderate. It's sarcasm there, but, you know,
0: Bonnie's <laughs> yeah. minus two and a half, never a doubt. By I the just- way, <laughs> on on more Twitter antics during the game, I got corrected by the official Bonnie's account because in the middle of all those alley-oops, I said, First Dunk City, now St. Dunk Adventure. I yeah. didn't app them, so... Hmm. They're, they're scoping me out. <laughs> and I spelled Saint, S-A-I-N-T, which, as you know, it's technically S-T, period, whereas St. Louis and St. Joseph spell out the word Saint. So they corrected me. They were like, we like this, but S-T. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yep, you're right. I'm sorry. I'll go run laps after the game. <laughs> yeah, they're they're big
1: into uh, getting that branding on point now. Um, but hey, the the old 2000 team, that great team with Tim Wynn and Caswell Cyrus, David Capers, that spelled Saint out on the jersey, That Saint spelled out on the top, Bonaventure on the bottom. You know, those were those were good. I mean, hey, I, I, I want not correct you on that in that moment.
0: I don't care how we spell it, but if we keep dunking like we did against VCU, Saint Dunk Adventure, I hope that catches on. Maybe we got another T-shirt idea, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Hey, Adaway looks like one of the better dunkers we've had. Get it before Rothstein does. <laughs> <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> Don't let Rostin hear any more t-shirt ideas. There's, I just see him pumping them out every day.
0: St. <laughs> Dunk Adventure is ours. But thank you, everybody, so much for joining us here on SB Unfurled. And, friends, make sure you're following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. Be sure to also follow us on Twitter, at LilBonnaX, at SB Unfurled. If you don't already, you probably should. Crazy stuff is going on as we get heated up in this A-10 schedule. We will see you guys next week for a big matchup against Davidson or somebody else. We don't know, but we're expected to play Davidson next week. Thank you for joining us again. take